0: algar productions welcome to the death of podcasts i'm al and this is amanda hello and we're making our way through terry pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time this month we're discussing book 18 masquerade
1: yeah witches, More witches. best books
0: yeah well almost
1: best books yeah
0: we, this is the closest we get to like a witch and watch crossover, mm-hmm. so uh, best books for you times best books for me mm-hmm. equals good times for everybody.
1: Yeah, such good times.
0: Yeah, um, no Vimes. No. But uh, that's okay. We get we get lots of acknowledgement of him and, and lots of uh, appearances by his other guys. Vimes
1: it's- and Granny never actually meet.
0: No, and I thought about this a lot. I thought, well, these are the two greatest characters, and they should meet, and then it's like, yeah, but there's no reason, like, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad he didn't contrive a reason. If there's no story reason, just don't. Like, fan service-wise, I wish he did, but, uh, you know, there's no reason for it.
1: He meets Tiffany later on. Yes, I think. Briefly. Very briefly, yes.
0: But that's, you know, again, because there was a reason for it. So, uh, why why don't you tell us what happens, how, how, uh. How short did you manage to get it? Quite short. Okay.
1: Granny and Nanny go to the opera in Ankh-Morpork to save Agnes from a ghost.
0: Yeah? That's it. Mm -hmm. I heard that a ghost. Mm -hmm. Very good. So Agnes was sort of a supporting character in um, Lords and Ladies?
1: Yeah, she was one of the background, like, young witches. Yeah, we
0: had the the young sort of wannabe goth Mm -hmm. girl witches.
1: And Nanny pointed out that when she was testing all the wannabe witches, that Agnes actually did have some power there.
0: Right. And of course, uh, Magrat's gone. Mm -hmm. So you got to have three.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And this is the first appearance of, I've already quoted this sort of, I I jumped the gun. You do this too. Jump the gun a lot on quotes that haven't happened yet, just because they're very memorable.
1: They've happened to other people.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, And and the quote in particular is the maiden, the mother, and the other one. Mm -hmm. And... Nanny's got a whole like uh reflection on that at the beginning of this book,
1: yeah, she says they work better that way, mm-hmm. that two witches are an argument, but three witches you've got one person to run between the other two and help them make up, and mm-hmm. then three they they're an argument with the world instead of with each other,
0: also because any witch paired with granny is going to be the junior one mm-hmm. nanny is shouldn't be getting the tea at this point in her life
1: no granny keeps telling her to like make the toast and get the yeah. tea and and she does it but she's like wait a minute shouldn't someone else be doing this there's
0: no one else in the world who could tell her to do that except mm-hmm. granny but also she's there's, cons-
1: a, there's a good line in this where uh nanny says i'm only the good one compared to esme that's true like i only seem nice by comparison yeah
0: no she says that threateningly and yeah it's, it's absolutely valid um, but there's, there's also, she's very concerned for Granny's sort of well-being.
1: Well, Granny is crazy, crazy powerful and mm-hmm. she's the most powerful witch that anyone's seen in a really long time.
0: No, and we've talked about her maybe going evil before mm-hmm. the whole Black Alice thing has come up before it comes up again here.
1: Mm-hmm. And Nanny can see that Granny is starting to get bored and restless and spending too much time thinking and borrowing and not being like engaged. Right. Right. So Nanny's like, "Well, we'd better go help uh, Agnes out in the city. Better yeah, go do she that." She
0: probably needs some help. Mm-hmm. And Granny's like, "Nope, absolutely not." And then she contrives the mm-hmm. m- most ridiculous reason to go anyway, cuz that's how Granny does. But what I what I like is uh Nanny also says uh she's gotten a taste of the world. Mm-hmm. We traveled like yeah. famously, which is abroad like really ripples through the rest of these yes. books which I like a lot. And um she's gotten a taste for it and this this place might be a little small for her now and it's
1: and she needs an excuse though she needs to be convinced
0: but but it's fall and the geese are flying south Mm -hmm. and it would take nothing for her to just borrow one of those geese and just fly away forever Mm -hmm. and i love that image so much Mm -hmm. because yeah she we the borrowing is well established and if she did that it the bird would just keep going and going until she couldn't get herself back Mm -hmm. and that would be
1: that then that would be the end yeah yeah
0: And she's tempted, like, when we cut to her POV, we absolutely see that Nanny's correct, that she's thought about it, and I like that.
1: And she's spending a lot of time thinking, like, how stupid people are, and instead of being, like, uh, engaged by them, she's just sort of, like, she's not into it. Yeah.
0: No, and and I like that. And so uh, the reason she contrives that they need to go to the city is because Nanny's had a book published.
1: Mm -hmm. And Nanny is owed money from the book. Uh,
0: she doesn't know that and ca- or care about that. No,
1: but Granny knows.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the book is uh, The Joy of Snacks, uh-huh. which is some good wordplay.
1: And it's cooking, but it's mostly like aphrodisiacs and like filthy stories.
0: Yeah. And, and desserts that look like penises mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah.
1: The Strawberry Wobbler.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: there's some good sex jokes in this there's one. There's
0: some very good sex jokes mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, an extended boner scene is actually quite funny. The
1: boner scene so funny.
0: And we complain about hack comedy, but Mm -hmm. we're both suckers for this kind of thing.
1: No, um, uh, Nanny gives Granny and some other people at uh, a dinner party Mm -hmm. one of her aphrodisiacs, and they're all just like, Super, super horny,
0: and acting like uh, you know teenagers mm-hmm. when you first start popping boners and not knowing what to do, like mm-hmm. hiding. Uh, he put a book in his lap and excused himself to leave the room. He stood
1: up know? to open the window and then decided, you know what? No, I won't do yeah, that. Thank you. All very you. good.
0: Poured a glass of water in his lap. Mm-hmm. Um, but the so apparently the title, the joy of snacks, is uh, double like uh, wordplay because. The joy of sex mm-hmm. is what it puns on, but that was a play in the first place on the joy of cooking, which I thought was—I didn't realize oh, there's that. There's so many. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, I like—I like when it's like a double joke like that. Um, and uh, uh nanny or uh, granny looks at the at the book and she's you know pretending to be judgy, mm-hmm. but I don't think she actually cares. And then she sees, oh, this is like the hundredth printing, mm-hmm. uh, and these sell for two dollars a piece and. What did they do? They refunded the money you sent them to print it for you Mm -hmm. and gave you two extra dollars. Mm -hmm. I think you might be owed a little more than that. Mm -hmm. Nanny does not care at all. But Granny, because she really wants to go to to meddle with Agnes, she's like, nope, we're going.
1: But that's actually um, your quote.
0: I, well, I have I have several.
1: No, but your your uh your main quote. Is it? Yeah. I th-
0: I thought my main quote was Oh no, I've lied no, no. to you.
1: That's one of your that's one of your quotes.
0: Yes, your no. I've quote. I've highlighted many many many.
1: Yeah, things. me too. There's going to be a lot of reading in this one, yes. sorry guys.
0: Uh which one did you have in mind, sorry?
1: Um let's see here.
0: What I had in mind was the death scene.
1: No, this is the one about uh being downtrodden.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, there's yeah, it just it's it's a very it's like one sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel done down. I felt fine until you told me I was done down, said Nanny, putting her finger on a major sociological point.
1: Yeah, because Nanny didn't feel bad that a bunch yeah. of these books were getting printed and she wasn't getting money. Until I don't think Granny, she put it together. Yeah, until Granny said, uh... Wait a, a minute, a 100th printing. Yeah, this is a lot. You were owed a lot of money. Yeah. Also, you can't have a witch being owed something that no, she's of course not getting.
0: Not. Also, it, the book is uh, credited to the Lankara Witch, mm-hmm. which everyone, when they hear that, you know who they think of.
1: Yeah, and they think so. The granny's also worried about her people, reputation. Yeah, yeah. Thinking she's writing this sex books,
0: and so we get like a road trip, and the first not even quarter maybe of the book, like not a ton of it, but
1: most of this book takes place in Ankh Morpork. They get
0: to where the story we, is pretty quick. Yeah,
1: like. and this book is very focused. It's not yeah. like one of those ones that it feels like two different novellas kind of shoved together. This is one book. Yeah,
0: but the travel stuff, and the, the thing is. I would read a whole book that was an unfocused, just stream of consciousness, these two Mm -hmm. bickering wherever they happen to go, because they're on a coach for uh, Mm -hmm. 50 pages or something. Mm -hmm. And it's all gold.
1: It's so funny.
0: Just the two of them bickering at each other, backbiting, undermining each other, like, and and making everyone
1: else miserable. Yes.
0: And they, neither of them is like winning. Mm -hmm. They both, you know, like, Nanny plays the, the, the submissive one on occasion, but she also gets her digs in mm-hmm. like it all, it all works out. And I like that a lot. And then they get to the city and uh, good continuity there. Granny's like, well, I got a place we can stay. Mm-hmm. She stayed at Mrs. Palms, the seamstresses before.
1: Yes. And this is, um, actually one of the, uh, one of the, the things you highlighted that I highlighted. because mm-hmm. it's very, very good. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you want me to read it? Yeah, it's you, pretty long. You go. Okay. Uh, the door of Mrs. Palm's discreet establishment opened at Granny's knock. Actually, read along with me and you do the character voices. I'll do the narration, you do the characters. Mm. That'll, that'll break it up a little since it's like four pages of stuff. All right, you with oh, me? Yep. Okay. The person on the other side was a young woman. Very obviously a young woman. There was no possible way she could have been mistaken for a young man in any language, especially Braille. <laughs> Nanny peered around the young lady's powdered shoulder at the red plush and gilt interior beyond, then up at Granny Weatherwax's impassive face, and then back at the young lady.
1: I'll tan on Ned's hide when I get home, she muttered. Come away, Esme. You don't want to go in there. It'd take too long to explain. Why, Granny Weatherwax,
0: said the girl happily.
1: And who's this?
0: Nanny looked up at Granny, whose expression hadn't changed.
1: Nanny Og,
0: Nanny said eventually.
1: Yes, I'm Nanny Og, Nev's mum,
0: she added darkly.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, on account of me being... The words... words
0: respectable woman tried to... widow woman tried to range themselves in her vocal cords and shriveled at the sheer enormity of the falsehood, forcing her to settle for...
1: Mother to him, Nev. Yes, Nev's mum. Hello, Colette, said Granny. What fascinating earrings you're wearing. Is Mrs. Palm at home? She's always at home to important visitors, said Colette. Do come in. Everyone will be so pleased to see you again.
0: There were cries of welcome as Granny stepped into the scarlet gloom.
1: What you've been here before?"
0: said Nanny, eyeing the pink flesh and white lace that made up much of the scenery.
1: Ah, yes, Mrs. Palm is an old friend, practically a witch. You, you know what kind of place this is, do you, Esme?"
0: said Nanny Og. She felt curiously annoyed. She'd happily give way to Granny's expertise in the worlds of mind and magic, but she felt very strongly that there were some more specialized areas that were definitely Og territory, and Granny Weatherwax had no business even to know what they were. Oh yes," said Granny calmly. Nanny's patience
1: gave out. It's a house of ill repute is what it is. On the contrary, said Granny, I believe people que- speak very highly of it. <laughs> you knew and you never told me.
0: Granny raised an ironic eye. I- uh, yes, Granny raised an ironic eyebrow.
1: The lady who invented the strawberry wobbler? Well, yes, but... We all live life the best way we can, Githa, and there's a lot of people who think witches are bad. Yes, but... "'Before you criticize someone, githa, walk a mile in their shoes,' said Granny
0: with a faint smile.
1: "'In those shoes she's wearing, I'd twist my ankle,'
0: said Nanny, gritting her teeth.
1: "'I'd need a ladder just to get in them.'
0: "'It was infuriating the way Granny tricked you into reading her half of the dialogue, "'and you opened your, open your mind to yourself in unexpected ways.'
1: "'And it's a welcoming place, and the beds are soft,' uh, said Granny. "'Warm, I expect,'
0: said n- Nanny Ogg, giving in.
1: "'And there's always a friendly light in the window.' Damn me, get the AUG. I always thought you were unshockable. Shockable nose, S- Said Nanny. Easily surprised, yes. Yep. That's a good way to divide it
0: up. We should do the long passages like that more often.
1: Yeah. Programming note.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh but yeah, I, I love that. I love that she surprises her and she mm-hmm. does that a few times. She's like, Yeah, I know what like Okay, I know
1: what things are. I've
0: never like gotten with a man, but I still know what's going on. I've delivered a lot of babies.
1: And it's nice to be reminded of the continuity in... um, Yeah, the earliest,
0: like the third book in the whole series.
1: Because they stayed here when she brought Esk uh, to Ankh-Morpork.
0: It's one of the things, like one of the few things, Mm -hmm. but one of the things we liked about the uh, Mm -hmm. interesting times was like those very early books now feel like part of the tapestry instead of like distant mistakes. It's still part of it all which is cool.
1: But this, that, that sequence was, whole, was so funny.
0: Yeah, it was. And, and the, the bit with Nev, we hadn't set that up before, mm-hmm. but uh, her son had come and talked, oh yeah, I stayed with the seamstresses. Mm-hmm. It was nice. And she didn't realize mm-hmm. until just then, like, oh.
1: And Nev's a bad kid. He apparently. stays with the seamstresses and he spends his time in Ankh-Morpork stealing. Yeah, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm. So she's going to have a talk with him when she gets home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's very good. Um, but before they get to the city, this is actually, and, uh, my quote is, um, two quotes. Um, I, I kind of split it up just because it's such a long passage. Uh, it's basically, uh, a scene where, so they're, they're making their way through, um, the countryside, uh, between Lankara and ankh and they stop and stay at a farm for the night. And there's a, there's a family that, uh, has a sick kid and granny tends to him and, um, Death shows up. And actually, uh let, let's switch it up. I'll okay. do the dialogue this time you do the uh do the narration. But again, this is this is two separate scenes because otherwise I would have just highlighted ten pages. Just so. just do that. Mm-hmm.
1: Just highlight all the pages.
0: Yep. So she, she challenges him to a game for the uh for the soul of the kid, basically. You know, th- th- standard um
1: Seventh seal.
0: Yes. I was gonna say Bill and Ted's bogus journey. But yes. And that is the difference
1: between you and I. <laughs> mm-hmm. Living with me is a lot. Yes.
0: Very well, how about one hand of poker? Five cards each, no draws, sudden death as they say.
1: Death thought about this too.
0: You know this family? No? Then why? Are we talking or are we playing? Oh, very well.
1: Granny picked up the pack of cards and shuffled it, not looking at her hands, and smiling at Death all the time. She dealt five cards each and reached down. A bony hand grasped hers.
0: But first, Mistress Weatherwax, we will exchange cards.
1: He picked up the two piles and transposed them, and then nodded at Granny. Madam? Granny looked at her cards and threw them down.
0: Four queens. Hmm, that is very high.
1: Death looked down at his cards and then up into Granny's steady blue eyed gaze. Neither moved for some time. Then Death laid the hand on the table.
0: I lose, he said. All I have is four ones.
1: He looked back into Granny's eyes for a moment. There was a blue glow in the depth of his eye sockets. Maybe, for the merest fraction of a second, barely noticeable even to the closest observation, one winked off.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. So good. The, and, like, we've we've met so many characters in the Discworld. We're on book 18 now, and Death shows up in every book, and there's no other character, not even Vimes, who I love, who can stare Death down, like... This is this is the only one.
1: When she comes into the like when death comes into the room, mm-hmm. uh, she's got a candle lit, and he says, "Uh, do you have like are are you scared?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Well, then how come you got the candle on? Are you are you scared? Not scared because you got the candle on?" Mm-hmm. And then she un- unlights the candle, and they they just sit there in the dark. And he's like, "All right, I get it. You can put it back on."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but there's a the second bit, and again, this is this is right after. But it's uh, after after she basically wins, or mm-hmm. he lets her win, or whatever. He he gets it. Yeah, is the thing. We, and we know Death. We're familiar enough with him from the other books. We totally get. Yeah, he understands. She's willing to stand up, and that's the important thing. The game is incidental.
1: And the, so the baby lives, and Death takes a sick cow instead.
0: Yeah, and um, so uh, then then there's this bit.
1: Death stood up and reached for his scythe. He said, "Ow." Ah, yes, I couldn't help noticing, said Granny Wezer- Weatherwax as attention drained out of the atmosphere, that you seem to be sparing that arm.
0: Oh, you know how it is, repetitive actions and so on. It could get serious if you left it. How serious? Want me to have a look? Would you mind? It certainly aches on cold nights.
1: Granny stood up and reached out, but her hand went straight through.
0: Look, you're going to have to make yourself a bit more solid if I'm to do anything. Possibly a bottle of sucrose and aqua. Sugar and water? I expect you know that's only for the heart of thinking. Come on, roll up that sleeve. Don't be a big baby. What's the worst I can do to you?
1: Granny's hand touched smooth bone. She'd felt worse. Worse. At least as it never had flesh on them. She felt, thought, gripped, twisted. Then there was a click.
0: Ow. Oh. Now try it above the shoulder. Uh, hmm. Yes, it does seem considerably more free. Yes, indeed, my word, yes. Thank you very much. If it gives you any trouble again, you know where I live. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what everyone lives. Tuesday mornings is a good time. I'm generally in. I shall remember. Thank you. By appointment in your case, no offense meant. Thank you. So just a just a cute, like, not only is she sort of cheating him, but mm-hmm. she's also helping him. Because that's that's Granny right there. That's everything you need to know about Granny in one little scene.
1: And there's something that Terry Pratchett comes back to quite a lot. Um, That the people who are at the top of their trades mm-hmm. are the same. Yes. And so like we had Jason Og in the previous one, he's a blacksmith who can shoe death's horse and is expected to shoe anything. Mm -hmm. When death needs someone to take care of his shoulder, he comes to the best witch. Right. I mean, he just happened
0: to be there, but but, he let her, but because of her
1: craft. Yeah. uh, He's like, yeah, I'll let you
0: have a look. Why not? Yeah.
1: And one presumes he does come back to her again. Mm -hmm. If it starts bothering him again. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, I love that so much. And that like, That could have been just a short story Mm -hmm. in itself. Like it had nothing to do with the rest of the book, except that he's starting to catch on that not every book is going to, like not everyone's following along Mm -hmm. in order. And maybe this is your first uh, Discworld book, and you need to know what the deal is with Granny Weatherwax if he's going to, like, if the third act is going to be her being a badass. And so he always sets it up at the beginning of each witch book now, which is good.
1: And also he asks her um, what would happen if she didn't wink, win Mm -hmm. uh she says well i would have broken your arm for start (laughs) it's so good
0: yep uh but i think that's all the like i wanted to talk about the nanny and granny Mm -hmm. stuff before we really get to the meat of it which is the opera Did we did we cover like most of the
1: yeah i think so and then there's a few other things i want to sort of mention as we go of course uh...
0: i think this book like previous books have definitely done a decent job of establishing how they're different characters Mm -hmm. but i think this book is the first one that really goes the extra mile to show how they're different witches Mm -hmm. like there's been a bit of that but more than ever.
1: I loved all the stuff with the fairies and Nanny sort of understanding the old magic better in yeah, uh, Lords and Ladies.
0: That was okay because of magic, I, whatever. Like, just I just don't like magic. I don't. Or we're I reading don't care a fantasy series. Just live with it. Yes. Them. And the best part about this fantasy series is there's almost no actual magic. And when there is, it's kind of lame. Like yep. these witches, like Granny does two or three magic things mm-hmm. in this entire book and everything else is just, Headology,
1: and like the thing with death that could have been anyone yes. like anyone could have challenged death yes. who could see death
0: yes exactly yeah and there's, there's a thing at the end that she does that is magic mm-hmm. but like that's it and that's what i like about these witches and why the wizards bug me so much is because they shoot fireballs and cast spells and well, do the nothing
1: also aren't characterized as well uh, as there's these are. there's also
0: that but my point is when they go to this big mm-hmm. like g- family which is the theater the opera in this case. Uh Nanny instantly ingratiates herself to everyone and learns all their names and learns mm-hmm. what their problems are and helps people with their little ailments that she can help like easily with which yeah, stuff. Yeah, she
1: insinuates herself yeah. into the into the world.
0: And Granny's basically slinking around in the shadows mm-hmm. and learning what's going on behind the scenes and that's like such a good way to show how different they are and I like that a lot. Um but we get into the meat of it which is uh the opera. Yep. And unlike previous books about media that we already have here, it's not a d- extended joke about what if opera, but in the disc world.
1: No, there's some list jokes where he changes Very brief. He changes some of the names of some famous operas into Discworld stuff. Yes,
0: one page yeah. or like half a page and it's funny in that context because it goes by quickly.
1: Yeah, and then it's over. It's not the whole book.
0: No, it's that's I mean, as a guy who writes comedy, and I would never <laughs> presume to tell Terry Pratchett how to write comedy. But I will tell you lists Work better when you deliver them real quick, rapid fire, and then move on. You and then don't... if you
1: don't like the list, you're not fucking stuck in the list yeah. for pages and pages. No, don't dwell pages. on that.
0: The the joke is, oh my god, there's so many names. Mm-hmm. Not, oh my god, there's, there's so many so names. So many names. <laughs> yeah, but there was there was some good wordplay and mm-hmm. some good dumb like uh, 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 miserable less mm-hmm. and a few others like that. It's just good dumb, you know, dumb jokes. um And so uh, Agnes, who calls herself Perdita...
1: That's how um, Granny uh, mentions her. That Agnes, who calls herself Perditax.
0: Well, right, because Perdita
1: X. Yep, Perdita X Dream.
0: Yeah, and so she's sort of the third main character Mm -hmm. in this. And she doesn't spend a lot of time with the two witches, but the whole point is to get her back with them.
1: And I like Agnes a lot better than I liked Magrat.
0: I like them both about equally, yeah. but she's actually my good thing in this. Mm-hmm. I liked Magrat more or less the whole time, mm-hmm. and I like her as queen, and we'll actually come back to her as mm-hmm. queen in the next book, the, the next witch's book. Uh, but my good thing for this book is Agnes. Generally speaking, I like her. Obviously, you need a third witch after Magrat left, and Agnes is pre-established and different enough for Magrat to justify mm-hmm. her existence. Like, she fills the same role she is the maiden, and she is the junior one, and she is the one that Granny can push around a little bit. But she's a different and distinct enough character that it's not like, oh, it's Magrat 2.0,
1: and it's a different sort of teen girl witch character where yes. you had Magrat being sort of the like hippy dippy flowers. Yeah,
0: more like a college kid.
1: Yeah, and then Perdita, uh, Agnes Perdita, is more like your like the craft goth kid. Right. Which is probably why I like her.
0: And she's, you know, a theater kid. Yeah. She's hanging around in the musicals. Yeah. And I like, she's got low self-esteem. I mm-hmm. like all that. I like that she has an inner voice that sort of embodies what she wishes she was. That's Perdita.
1: Yeah, Perdita is the mean voice in her head. Right.
0: With the, Basically the granny weatherwax inside mm-hmm. her that will one day, like, turn her into the crone if she's not mm-hmm. careful. Um, I like her voice powers. Mm-hmm. She can harmonize with herself. Like, she can tube and throat sing, basically. And she
1: can throw her voice.
0: She can throw her voice. She can sing so low as to make people crap themselves mm-hmm. and so high as to break things. Mm-hmm. And I like all that.
1: And uh, she can uh, mimic other people. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I, and that's a main plot point yeah. is that she's singing for Christine, who we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, I even like that she's plus sized. Mm-hmm. I legit like having a protagonist, a main character in in, in a story that is fat. Mm-hmm. That's nice. But
1: Oh boy, this is my bad thing.
0: Yeah, I left it because I knew I knew it was gonna be.
1: Oh my god. There are so many mean fat jokes in yeah. this book. Yeah. It's about Agnes, who is fat. Uh, but it's a lot not of them? just
0: No, a yeah. lot of them are about her, but then also about the fat opera singer, so it's not I feel like someone told him, Hey, don't pick on the fat girl, mm-hmm. and so he's like, Okay, I'll make a fat man as well. That and, doesn't make it better, man. No, so
1: we've got um uh, Enrico Basilica who's actually Henry Slug. I like that. Yeah. I like
0: the idea of he's a city boy mm-hmm. who learned how to sing opera really well and nobody wanted to hear from a city boy mm-hmm. named Henry Slug so he, cha- he he pretended he was from Discworld Italy and mm-hmm. changed his name. And now they make him eat pasta and squid, and he hates it. And that's a cute idea for a character, but he's fat.
1: And the fact that he's fat is like that's also fine because you have a lot of the like it's opera, opera, of course.
0: If you're gonna do your, you know, your big characters, that's a good place for him.
1: But he is like it's just a joke all the time. Like ha -ha, all the time. So much. He's so fat. Ha ha ha. Yeah.
0: And with and with Agnes slash Perdita, it's always like she stopped. It took a while for all of her to stop. Yeah. Like. It's like um it's like reading your mama jokes. Uh-huh. It's they're not.
1: They're funny. not funny and it's mean. And it, there's a
0: couple of them that happen inside her head that I don't mind cuz it's her low self-esteem saying, "Uh, you need to you need to lose some weight." But most of it is the omniscient narrator.
1: Yeah, and if it's the vo- the mean voice inside her head yeah. saying something like that, Oh No Perdita
0: a- says yeah. to Agnes a couple of times. Yeah. Like you're fat, and that that's all right.
1: Or if it was one character who picked who on fat, who was mean to yeah, her, yeah, who was mean, yeah, that would be something. Like, um, uh, we have characters in this who might be mean about that, but yeah. it's not. It's the narrator who's being mean to yeah,
0: her. Yeah, the the omniscient narrator.
1: Which, yeah, ugh, why? Sucks. Man, yeah. And
0: the thing is, again, I like. And- that she's there. It's a, Nanny it's a good... makes
1: fat jokes. Nanny don't...
0: herself is described as being fat.
1: Yeah, and she's making mean fat jokes. students. So it's not like, hey, haha, ha, we're all fat together. No, it's like, oh, it's that pointed. girl. Yeah. The end at um and uh, Henry, uh, Henry slut yeah. too.
0: Yeah. No, both of them. And it's oh, it's just terrible. And it's too bad because I really do like Agnes, and I do like mm-hmm. like in in nerd circles, there's a lot of bigger girls reading these kinds of books. Uh-huh. I don't know how to say that without sounding well, like a I piece mean, of shit. I've I don't mean a, it like I've that. I've been a
1: fat goth girl my whole life. Yeah, like,
0: exactly. And I'm married to you and I love that. Like, I'm I'm into it, but yeah, I'm not just hor- saying... You're
1: horny on Maine for fat chicks. Yeah,
0: but I'm not just... That's not my defense. I'm not saying, <laughs> well, I'm turned on by them, therefore they're okay. No, I'm saying that's how a lot of his audience is shaped. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a little representation there. And it sucks that he puts her down the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not like this happens in this book and then goes away. No, we... she
0: shows up in the next witch's book and there's mm-hmm. more of it. And
1: there's a lot of really good stuff with her in the next witch's book, but there's a bunch of these mean, unfunny, yeah. fat jokes. And
0: again, I like that it's in her head, mm-hmm. and I like that she has low self-esteem. That's a good thing for a young witch around these two powerful, basically mythical mm-hmm. characters who have been in the Ramtops for 50 years, and everyone knows who they are, and of course, she doesn't want to work with them. Mm-hmm. Granny Weatherwax, are you kidding me? She's terrible. I'm not I'm not as good as her, and I'll never be as good also as her. Also,
1: she's mean and hard also, to be around. Also that. And she's but always I mean, testing.
0: But in, in terms of the low self-esteem, like, if she goes into the witching business, she's basically always going to be the worst one. And it, that would be a good angle. Yeah. And, and I like the stuff about she's got to sing for... Mm-hmm. The pretty one. And that's when, Christine. Yeah. When you do a showbiz story, that's not a bad thing either because you could do, yeah, she's big and she's not seen as being like marketable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she doesn't have star power, however you want to say that. You could do that. That feels right because that's the sort of horrible thing you have to put up with.
1: But again, it's not coming inside the story, it's no. coming from outside the story. Yeah. No.
0: But when the people who run the opera mm-hmm. say, well, sorry, audiences don't want to see her. She's amazing, but the audiences want to see the pretty girl. Like, yeah, it's it's mean, but it also feels more right.
1: Yeah, and it, the position could be, doesn't this fucking suck? Yeah,
0: doesn't it suck for Agnes that she's got this amazing voice mm-hmm. and nobody wants to hear it? And there's this whole thing about how times are changing and mm-hmm. how the opera used to be.
1: It used to be about the voices. Yeah,
0: and fat lady singing. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that's what the opera is.
1: Dr. Undershaft is a character uh, in this who is the uh, director of music mm-hmm. and he or i forget what he's but he's um like yeah. he's in charge of a lot of the musical stuff and he remembers back in the old days before it was all about like having pretty people come and prance around yeah and he really appreciates agnes and her yeah. abilities and seems all that. like
0: he'd be fine with just putting her up there yeah. but it's not you know it it's just not doable now and and i get that and again that would be a good story but that's not what that's, it is no it's not no Um, so Christine could have been mean.
1: Mm -hmm. She wasn't.
0: That's, that's one point in Agnes's Mm -hmm. favor is she's like, she says a couple of sort of inadvertently mean things, Mm -hmm. but she's like, you're lucky you don't have to worry about your weight. Which is not really saying, oh, you're fat and terrible. It's a
1: little... It's thoughtless. But, yes. But, Christine, but that's Christine. Christine is so self-absorbed that she does... It wouldn't occur to her to be mean to someone else. Yeah. And she's also like... Ex- like, she's an airhead. She's got nothing yeah. going on upstairs.
0: She's got this, like all... Like, Terry Pratchett really gr- loves to grind axes mm-hmm. about punctuation mm-hmm. and about people using too many exclamation points. Mm-hmm. And news groups were becoming a real big thing at this point, And he spent a lot of time on the internet. And I feel like that's where that came from. But... There's so much of it. Agnes
1: talks about how Christine, uh, everything ends in a question or an exclamation point.
0: She can somehow yell a whisper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's the pretty one. And when she faints, she does it theatrically Mm -hmm. so that someone will notice and hopefully catch her.
1: And And the first time she faints, uh, Agnes is worried about her. And then she mm-hmm. realizes, oh, she faints in such a way that she's not going to hurt herself. No. Her dress is shown to the best. Oh, she's doing this on purpose. This is performance. She's fainting like a fox.
0: Yes, exactly. And it's, um, I, I like that. And, uh, also I wanted to call special attention to, uh, the, once again, we're doing these via mm-hmm. audiobook, and, um, Nigel Planer is, is still the narrator for a couple yep. more books. We're about to switch to the other guy who's also good in a different way. But, um, this book is mostly women. Mm-hmm. Like there's some dudes in the supporting cast, but all the main characters are women. And Men
1: do exist in oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, unlike yeah, yeah. in other No, no, it's, books. Not, it's not like...
0: unfortunately it's not like a gender swap version yeah. of the ones where it's all dudes. Like there are some dudes, but all the main characters mm-hmm. are women. And his voices for Nanny and Granny, I have always loved. Yep, me too. And his voice for Christine is fantastic. It's so good. I'm a little disappointed in his Agnes voice.
1: It's just sort of like little droopy dog yeah it's yeah. it's uh,
0: it's unfortunate because but but I really want to sing his praises because in a book with mostly women characters, mm-hmm. this male narrator who has a very like male sounding mm-hmm. voice manages to embody all of these characters without doing sort of like a silly pepper pot falsetto. He just does the characters and they all sound really great
1: there's a really good sequence where um Agnes is learning how to sing something, mm-hmm. and um, Doctor Undershaft tells her <laughs> yes. to sing, uh, sing like this, and then he sings and she sings, mimicking him. Yes, exactly he, like that. And then he's like, "Oh no, no, no! Sing this like Christine would sing it." And then so uh, he goes, "Coista maledetta." Yes, yeah, sings like, uh, it really like, badly, like up, up in her, up in the nose, and uh-huh. wrong. And then he says, "Sing it like you should, you think it should be sung." And then she does it perfectly. Yes, it's so funny.
0: No, it's very, very good.
1: And a lot of that came from the performance.
0: Yes, it did. And and you know, it's in the writing too. Like when I go back through the, the text version, it's like, oh okay, a lot of the a lot of the sort of uh, heightened dialogue, like a lot mm-hmm. of when Granny's pretending to be a fancy mm-hmm. lady, you know, all the H's in yep. front of her vowels like are there and stuff like that. And the word I like I am here Hi. is spelled no, it's spelled A I. Yeah. A in a- yes. here. And you just have to stick
1: good. your teeth out to do it properly. Yes
0: it's it's basically granny pretending to be lady sybil ramkin
1: upper class twit of the year
0: yes it's is quite quite good um and and that's all very enjoyable that's basically basically they go and get nanny's Mm -hmm. money from the publisher and then spend it all to look fancy enough to hang out at the opera yep which i love (laughs) nanny's like wait but this is my money yes but you just said you didn't need it anyway, and
1: any nothing's too good for a Ramtop girl. you yeah, have got gotta save gotta, Agnes. Yes, exactly. That actually is um that actually is my good thing. Yeah, is there is a sequence uh where uh, nanny tells the um the opera people about Granny mm-hmm. and how she became uh-huh. uh how she became famous and rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna read that for you here. She ain't the sort of person who likes to be kept waiting, said Nanny, with absolute honesty. And then, because Granny had been getting on her nerves all morning and the initial embarrassment at Mrs. Palm still rankled, and there was a streak of mischief in Nanny a mile wide, she added, They say she was a famous courtesan in her younger days. They say she didn't like to be kept waiting then either. Retired now, of course. So they say. Mm Mm-hmm. So we spend um, the—that's right before the boners dinner, yep. uh, where uh, everyone thinks that Granny is not a famous courtesan. Uh huh. It's no, really quite, funny.
0: Yeah, and then when she needs a, a gentleman to mm-hmm. go with her, uh, Gribo once again turns mm-hmm. into a dude. Yep. Which is quite good. And the,
1: the only thing that Nanny gets to do with her money that's any fun for her is dressing Gribo up as a fancy lad. Yep. And there's a good sequence where they're uh, saying, well, what are we going to call him? And we can't call him Grebo. That's a stupid name for a cat and an even stupider name for a guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I oh, will think of something later. And they're doodly, like, doodly, doodly. Yeah, Lord Grebo. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. They didn't.
0: The thing is, like, I want to talk more about the opera and all that stuff. But everything I highlighted is nanny and granny related. And it's mm-hmm. not that that stuff wasn't good. It just wasn't as good.
1: No, the opera stuff was good, and um, it seemed pretty accessible even if you aren't like an opera guy. I didn't guy. know
0: shit about any mm-hmm. of that. I got—so uh, apparently—so, okay, the ghost ends up mm-hmm. being two people.
1: Yes, there which were, uh, is actually pretty good because you spend the whole book trying to figure out which yeah. person is the ghost.
0: So we have Walter Plinge, who is sort of the uh, special needs mm-hmm. like uh, handyman. They keep him around because mm-hmm. they feel sorry for him because he's the son of one of the cleaners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some unfortunate stuff with Agnes Mm -hmm. where she's trying to figure out who the ghost is. And he's like, Oh, well, he's kind of a dullard. So it's probably him. Mm -hmm. Like she, she makes some assumptions based on the fact Mm -hmm. that he's slow. And I really didn't care for that. But, um, like, because she's supposed to be a witch and she's supposed to be kind of compassionate. Um, but beyond that, he's got this sort of like, double personality when he puts on a mask he becomes this sort of dashing opera ghost mm-hmm. and uh he was the original ghost he's he's secretly writing operas in the cellar and he's and sending, the whole...
1: sending like special notes and yeah but they're roses always glow nice in the dark and... roses to people and yeah
0: and it's always like done mm-hmm. you know tastefully in in you know mm-hmm. and then there's salzella who basically hates this place mm-hmm. and wants to skim money off the top and so he starts pretending to be the ghost and killing people yep because and blaming it on the ghost
1: and as Granny points out, when you have a mask, you can become your true person because you, you mm-hmm. don't have anything sort of holding you back. So Walter's true person is this dashing, like, kind, right. mysterious character. And then Selzella's, uh inner person is just a murderer.
0: Yep. But because when people are looking for someone and they see someone in a mask, they're like, well, there he is. Yeah.
1: What does he look like? Well, he was wearing a mask. That must be him.
0: Uh-huh. You and,
1: recognized him from his mask.
0: Yep. She has to call that out, which I, I liked. Um, but so uh, Walter has this, this, this cellar with all these uh, musicals that he's been writing. And I feel like he's basically just Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, he's got cats. Mm-hmm. And he's got, uh, I don't remember. Oh, I think the there's other there's
1: other ones. Like he does a lot of musicals. Like there's like guys and trolls. Right. And, and uh... which
0: is funny because of the way British people say trolls. Mm-hmm. It sounds more like dolls, mm-hmm. guys and trolls. But um, most of them seem to be Andrew Lloyd Webber based. Mm-hmm. And of course, Phantom of the Opera. And I don't yep. get any of that. All I, okay. So in the 90s, I dated uh, this girl for a couple of <laughs> years. Uh, uh, her parents were from England. She was born here, but uh, her, her parents were from England. And all I remember, like, I ha- this happened to be when Andrew Lloyd Webber was uh, knighted. And I, I was in the car with this, this very nice British dude who went off on this rant <laughs> for the half hour drive from the airport to their house when I came to visit. About all you got to do is write a bloody song now and they'll make you a bloody knight. Back in the old days, you had to blah, blah, blah. But now you can just write a bloody tune. And... You know,
1: slay a dragon or this whatever. Was, yeah,
0: this was like 1997. I will remember this for the rest of my life. I have no opinion of Andrew Lloyd Webber except for this angry British man's opinion of him. <laughs> he does not deserve a knighthood is all that I know about him. <laughs> Oh, and Paul F. Tompkins' impression of yes, it. Yes, I've that, that, of course. But that's it. Can anyone be liking enjoying this right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but all of that was fine. And and again, I don't have any frame of reference for any of that, and I still tracked with it. And it wasn't moving pictures or soul music. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were dealing with a medium but it wasn't that wasn't the whole joke that was the backdrop for an actual story about people
1: and we also spent a lot of time talking about what makes opera opera uh-huh. and the spirit behind it and the passion and the music and
0: it told you instead of assuming you knew mm-hmm. because i didn't know so in the final like mm-hmm. the the big climax i di- like i had no idea that's what, I, like, opera was basically melodrama. It's basically over-the-top, like, I know myself some soap operas and some melodrama. And it's basically all of that. It's basically telenovelas times ten. And so when... The climax happens, and it's the most absurd, mm-hmm. ridiculous thing on top of another ridiculous thing. A guy drops dead from from stage swordplay, mm-hmm. and someone's long lost lover is in the audience, and his 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 son is also there, and so on and so on. It just felt perfect. It's, and then there's a
1: part where the audience claps even though it's not in the play because they no. know opera when they see it, yeah. and this is opera.
0: And this might be the most Terry Pratchett third act. Mm-hmm. Just because of, because he ma- he he made it go all go over the top, but it also fit thematically. Mm-hmm. It was very good.
1: And there's a lot of um, things that happen in the plot that echo opera. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of people with do double identities. But and again, I unmasking. only picked up on the things that he un- underlined.
0: Yeah. Like I didn't, I wouldn't know that otherwise. But it probably works on a whole extra mm-hmm. level for someone like you who might know some of these
1: things. I'm not a huge opera fan or anything. No, I've, I know, I've, but you know more than I know. Opera. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't seen it. But yeah, so... You,
1: you hate just, musical theater, theater. You'd hate opera.
0: Oh my God. Quit saying that I hate musicals. I have pointed to you so many examples of musicals and that I have And
1: horror movies. But, oh my God. <laughs> write in about it.
0: Uh-huh. Please don't. <laughs> For
1: to, 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 to Al, though, not to For me. For
0: one thing, we have not provided you the means to do that. You there can is no... find
1: Al's business.
0: Uh, I suppose you
1: can. It's all over the place. Just write in and tell him uh, about it. Please don't. <laughs>
0: Why don't I instead read you some quotes? Uh, there's a, there's a bit where, where Granny and Nanny are at the uh, publisher, mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, we're we're slowly building this vision of Unkmore Pork that uh, Terry Pratchett's been been building, like the trolls and dwarfs uh, living alongside humans. Uh, we see the Watch who are now like there's Nobby now and Detritus who is a sergeant, which was great, and and like things are gradually moving forward in the city, even though we're not spending a book here. And so they're there, and there's a troll and and a dwarf there. And um, uh, Nanny uh, tells her, um, uh, talking to the troll, she says, this is Granny Weatherwax, you know. The troll gave her a disbelieving grin, and then its brow corrugated again. Then it looked at Granny. She nodded. The one you boys call a you know, said Nanny. She who must be avoided. The troll looked at his club as if, as if seriously considering the possibility of beating itself to death. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later, they meet a, a dwarf. Or No, no, no the, she asks about the dwarves. How about the dwarves, said Granny, It's uh, as someone who might have found a hitherto unsuspected boil and couldn't resist poking at it? Have they got a name for me, too? Uh, let's go see Mr. Goatburger, shall we, said Nanny brightly. Getha? Uh, well, I think it's Kezrek, said Nanny. What does that mean? Go around the other side of the mountain. Oh.
1: Oh so good. Everybody knows Granny.
0: Yep. And by the end of this, everyone here knows her too. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Although she never she never tells Agnes, You've gotta go.
1: That's actually um that is actually something that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is when granny was handling Margaret and dealing with Margaret. she mm-hmm. always did the wrong thing yep and she never really got on the same wavelength mm-hmm. she handles agnes in this so much better
0: she does she actually tries to relate to her a couple she of does times.
1: she doesn't force her to come back no. um she just says listen i'll i'll be there yeah and she doesn't try and trick her into coming back no nope. um she just says she'll be there and there's a few times like uh, Agnes calls herself Perdita and mm-hmm. so Granny says you know there was a time once where I called myself uh-huh. uh because I thought maybe it would be yeah. And but don't tell anyone yep. and so she, she tries to relate to her yep. and she talks to her more about what being a witch means than she ever did with Magrat and yep. what the the good things, like why being a witch is the best thing there is to be.
0: Yeah, I both of us kind of assume, well, this character never has any growth whatsoever. She's just always the way she is. And no, there actually is a little bit of growth.
1: Yep, and this is, is actually, nice. uh, by the time later on, uh, she spends some time teaching Tiffany, mm-hmm. who's uh, a, a young witch that will meet in many mm-hmm. books from now. And by that point, she actually does kind of a good job yeah, not perfect, but well, significantly what, better.
0: What uh, what uh, Agnes says was, and uh, I suppose you want to teach me how to be a witch, and she's like, nope. But if you want to learn, mm-hmm. like she doesn't think of herself as a teacher; she's just granny. And if people are around her and they learn things, well,
1: <laughs> and I love that um, Perdita and Agnes. She is a witch. She is like she. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, even if she didn't go back to mm-hmm. be with the witches, she would still be a witch. The way she sees the world is yes. the way a witch no, sees and, the world.
0: No, and w- we get several plot beats before mm-hmm. the other two show up where she's the only one with her head screwed on, right? With all the ghost mm-hmm. bullshit. And she's, she's talking sense and she's trying to get people to look at it sensibly and no one will. And she's, she's 17 years old and she's already starting to see it the way Granny does. Like, oh, why, are these, why do these people just believe what they want to believe? Like, it took Granny 70 years to get to that, and and Agnes is already there. But my bad thing, I hate the message that Agnes is, I don't know, getting ideas above her station or something. Mm-hmm. That she was wrong to go to the city to chase her dreams instead of going back to her dirt-farming hometown to do the thing everyone knew she would do. Like, there's a way to tell the story about someone who can't escape their destiny, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that completely landed here for me.
1: No, and this is something that I wasn't really thinking about when I was um when yeah. I was reading this because I thought, yeah, of course Agnes should go be a witch. Being a witch is the best thing there is to be. Why would you want to be anything else? Yeah, well, as
0: someone who it for whom it took 30 years mm-hmm. to break away from my horrible small town that I hated every minute of living in and I finally moved to the city and everything in my life got mm-hmm. better, I think about this a lot. Mm-hmm. And moving away from my dirt farming town to a city was the best thing for me. And don't don't shoot someone down for that.
1: No, it feels like it would have been better if Agnes had decided to be a witch, but a witch in the city. Like, she doesn't need to go back to her hometown to have her destiny.
0: No, and we've explored the idea of how how useful witches are mm-hmm. in pork. Like, the seamstresses love having Granny around, mm-hmm. and they loved having these two around because, well, for one thing... Yeah, they have health problems mm-hmm. from time to time They're It's a bordello mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, they, they actually have some actual seamstressing that needs done from time to time that they don't know how to do because that's just a cover story and so on. So uh, the usefulness of a witch in the city has, you know.
1: It's and there. later on, we do meet some city witches, but I don't know that we've met any to this point. No,
0: I feel like the wizards won't allow it, like because the university is there and their whole witch versus wizards thing is like that happens in the country. Get out of
1: here. I just feel that they wouldn't care because they don't think that witch magic, like, affects their magic is not important enough. Mm,
0: he definitely talked in a couple of the books about the the two mm-hmm. things being at odds, and I feel like maybe maybe not now. Maybe Ridcully wouldn't, but I feel like earlier chancellors would mm-hmm. just like forbid the witchery in in the city and that wouldn't stop anyone but no
1: but no i i do think that um that's all headcanon by the way there's nothing
0: there about that but that's that was just what i always assumed
1: but no, I didn't think about it. And later on, in one of the uh, the, the subsequent books, uh, Terry Pratchett, ta- Pratchett talks about the crab the crab pot. Oh and yes. This is something that I don't know if he came up with this or if this is an analogy I just hadn't Doesn't heard matter. of before I'd read it. Is that someone like you've got a a bunch of crabs in a uh, like a, a crab trap, mm-hmm. and they are trying to get out, and one of them almost gets out, and then all the other crabs in there pull it back down, mm-hmm. and that's what he says getting out of your small town like yes
0: and destiny the, is the like. small town that i'm from is actually crab country it's actually like a peninsula in maryland where they catch crabs so that that metaphor is very
1: apt mm-hmm. and uh, so ugh. yeah i didn't it, i didn't put those two things together that that really no, I was hate what that her, was happening to agnes but it was her
0: story is she wants to be special and she can't she's got to go back home and do what everyone knows she's she's good at mm-hmm. it. and like that sucks you know and again there's a way to do that where it's like you can't escape your destiny, mm-hmm. but I don't—I don't think he quite did that
1: here. No, it felt like she went to the big city and failed. Yeah, and, and the, the old is, ladies
0: came to yell at her for it. She
1: didn't fail. No, she um, she would
0: always be in someone's shadow. She wouldn't be a star, but that doesn't mean she's a failure.
1: No, no, but like she had, she was making her way in the city. She had yeah. gotten a job in the opera singing, which is what she wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, she just because of the time probably wouldn't have become a star.
0: Yeah, but so. That's not always the goal. So, I don't know. That bugged me. But I still like the yeah, character. Yeah, I think
1: you're right that the messaging there was a little, little yeah. muddy.
0: Yeah. And it's unfortunate because he's usually pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Well, that's all my main points.
1: Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, I know I've done a lot of quotes. but That's okay. Uh, do some more. I also want to do uh, my actual quote. Yeah, what do you got? This one's actually short. Okay. Um, but magic is never as simple as people think it has to obey certain universal laws. And one thing, one is that no matter how hard a thing is to do, once it has been done, it'll become a whole lot easier and will therefore be done a lot. A huge mountain might be scaled by strong men only after many centuries of failed attempts, but a few decades later, grandmothers will be strolling up it for tea and then wandering back afterward to see where they left their glasses.
0: Yeah, that is very, very good.
1: Yeah, I love that, the idea that everything becomes easier just as people do it and that mm-hmm. feels like a very terry pratchett idea
0: yeah it does and you
1: wear down at the world
0: yep and then once people see that it's possible mm-hmm. they believe that it's possible yep. and then they can believe again uh the one thing we didn't talk about yet is is the the actual bit of magic that she did
1: oh yes at the end
0: which so in in the big dramatic like extended final act mm-hmm uh salzella pulls an actual sword like Mm -hmm. an actual iron sword and they made a point of saying you Mm -hmm. can't magic iron just like they've said in several other books Mm -hmm. iron is a big deal like it kept the elves away Mm -hmm. like it's a it's a thing and so she grabs the sword
1: the sharp sword
0: doesn't doesn't hurt her at Mm -hmm. all and everyone's like but you can't magic iron she's like nope you can't what happened was she didn't have time to be hurt then Mm -hmm. she basically put off being injured Mm -hmm. until she got home. And then a giant cut appears in her hand and she sews it up and gets on and goes on her way. And
1: she says she reckons she has time now.
0: Yeah. And that's very good because cause like effect has to follow cause. You have to, like, there have to be consequences to actions. She understands that. She's not trying to circumvent that. She just... Just
1: paused it. It
0: wasn't convenient for her at that time, so she put it off till later. I like that a lot. And that's that's, like, mostly the magic that's in this mm-hmm. if you don't count, like people's spirits interacting with death that's that's it everything else is just about people and that's why i like these books so much because yeah they're in fantasy world but mostly it's just human beings doing dumb human things
1: yeah she says you couldn't magic iron and you couldn't grab a sword without being hurt if that wasn't true the world would be all over the place Mm -hmm. no i like that a lot
0: uh anything else
1: um that's all my notes what do we got for a pun yes
0: what do, you, what do you got? I usually just leave it to you to pick, but uh, we, we had a, a long road trip. We actually heard most of this book in, in sort of two sittings.
1: Well, I also didn't want to stop. No, this me neither. A, this is another one where we're like, we'll just listen to an hour. And then we're like, well, we could just listen to a little more. We had a
0: road trip that was three and a half to four mm-hmm. hours one way. So between going mm-hmm. there and coming back, we heard most of this book, mm-hmm. which was great. And, and you, you took no like you whip your phone out whenever you hear me groan mm-hmm. real bad at a pun. And, and this type furiously, thumb type furiously. This was the one.
1: Um, distillation of alcohol was illegal in Lanker. On the other hand, King Varence had long ago given up any idea of stopping a witch doing something she wanted to do, so merely required Nannyog keep her still somewhere it wasn't obvious. She thoroughly approved of the prohibition because it gave her an unchallenged market for her own product, known wherever men fell backward into a ditch as suicider. And the way
0: uh... Nigel Planer read that is like, I didn't get that it was a pun. The reason I groaned is because he was on to the next sentence. I was like, wait a minute. Suicider. Oh,
1: God. So
0: good. Uh, Scumble makes numerous appearances in
1: this one. It's a a line I really like. Mainly apples.
0: Yes, it's made from apples. Mainly Mainly apples. apples. Yes. (laughs) Quite good. Our cliche count is very surprising this time.
1: Yes, yeah, super, super low.
0: There were no gingerlies.
1: We didn't, like, I kept waiting to, to ask how something had been done.
0: No, and only one susurration. However, four surreptitious. Mm-hmm. That's too many surreptitious. Come on. So
1: many surreptitious. Now,
0: there were a lot of sneaking around in cellars, but still, mm-hmm. so much surreptitious. Two things happening to other people, which That's is still so one too money. many. many. Uh, no quantum. Uh, what grade did you have?
1: Um, I gave this one an A minus. It was really good.
0: That's not a joke. That's just a grade. No, just a grade. Did you give up on that? No. Okay.
1: I will wander in and out of that as I think of them to make it impossible for you to do anything with this information. Yeah, no,
0: I was going to put a handy guide on on our website so people could see, oh, I agree with Amanda. So let me look at all the ones she rated highly. Well, you've made that impossible. So
1: good. If you agree with me, you got to agree with me all the way.
0: Uh, that doesn't make a lick of sense.
1: <laughs> you gotta.
0: Yeah. I actually also gave it the same grade, A minus. It's very good, not perfect. Pretty much just because of the fat jokes is why the minus. Otherwise, it would just be an A.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I really, really liked it. It's not my favorite witch's book, but it's really very good.
0: Yeah. No, my favorite witch's book is the next one.
1: Next one's real good. It's, oh! The- our yeah. next book we get to read is Feet of Clay. Yes,
0: next one is is like one of the best watch books as well. It's
1: my second most favorite watch book.
0: Mine too. Our tops are different. There's yeah. so many The thing is there's so many watchbooks to mm-hmm. go. The, there's only one more book left mm-hmm. of Granny and Nanny, and a third one. Yeah, which is unfortunate. There will be many more witch books, yep. but focusing on a different character. And
1: we get Granny and Nanny; they appear.
0: Yeah, but they're not a they're not the main characters mm-hmm. anymore, and it's disappointing because I thought there were more. Like I didn't think we'd be quick through them so quickly.
1: They're awesome. They, but the, they the Tiffany are. books are also really. Rad. No, they're
0: very good, but Granny is like in the background for those yeah. and she's there but she's not but like But
1: when you have a character like this who's kind of all powerful it's almost better to shove them aside to be it's like with uh, the patrician
0: I guess so I would read a whole book about the patrician not now <laughs> Well yes someone else would have written mm-hmm. it but uh, if if he had written one I absolutely You'd have to get a
1: shovel that. and a typewriter
0: Yes exactly uh, he definitely isn't buried. He definitely did something cool with his ashes, or something.
1: I don't know. He just seems I didn't like look one up of those. What he did with his dead body? No,
0: I don't have that information handy. But come on, like, like there's a couple of Star Trek guys who had their ashes uh, shot into space, and I imagine he did something suitably. Like, maybe he... he
1: used it to sharpen his asteroids. Well, that's the
0: thing. When he was knighted, he had a sword made from a meteor. Mm-hmm. Like he's that kind of guy. I imagine his remains something very what cool. What a happened nerd! To them. Yes. Maybe he had the ashes compressed into something like a statue. You can
1: make yourself a dead body, Diamond. Maybe he did that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Something. Or a troll. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Uh, Okay. But yeah, next time, as you say, Feet of Clay. Very excited about that. Um, But that's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross Copyright 2019 and 2020. For our full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com Algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.